Philly Philly Infinity Link Podcast. Drew and Dime back. This is a late episode, but we're going to catch everything off. Hopefully, actually, gratefully, we're actually starting this on a light note, on a happy note, because we didn't record last uh, Right. Post the Rams game. So we're going to start there for sure. Drew, how you doing today? I'm good, my brother. How you doing? Uh, I can't complain. Uh, we're recording on a Monday. So as we know, the Chargers and the Cowboys are about to kick off. Yeah, that's what I just flipped it over to. Yeah, hopefully, you know. Give me some medicine, man. When Cowboys lose, it's like medicine. Even if I'm having a bad day, it'll make me feel better. So, obviously not in the best moods today uh, for reasons we'll get to later in the show. I don't want to jump too far ahead. But, yeah, uh, let's get to it, man. Yeah, so this is post-week five and post-week six episode jammed into one episode. So, we're starting to recap at the Rams game. Everything kind of started off beautifully. Unfortunately, for both sides of the ball. <laughs> uh, for right. both. So, uh, during the Rams game on that first drive, we got a Goddard score. We went 12 plays, 75 yards. There was a lot of Goddard featuring, featured on that uh, first drive for the opening game. Sure, sure. Four receptions, 45 yards. Um, hell, the Rams came right back down the field, which featured a lot of Cooper Cup first game back. He had five receptions and 56 yards on his first game back from the hamstring injury. <laughs> Most of them were on the damn first drive. Yeah, all that was literally on the first drive. Five receptions, 56 yards. Jeez. That was cup stats alone. Well, and that was damn near his numbers for the day. I think he only caught six or seven balls. Like, yeah, that that first drive, man, I know me and you were texting back and forth, and I was like, oh, shit, this is exactly what I was worried about. You know, and we talked about it before the game, obviously, last episode. Uh I was definitely very getting very concerned with what I saw, um, and not to jump too far ahead, but thankfully that didn't last long. Yeah, I mean, we can jump forward a little bit. Everybody knows what happens this game, but to go more into detail with it, like in the first half, the side was playing like off the ball, kind of like how we hate Jim Swartz to do. Uh, not so far back, but the defender it's almost like that stick shit it's not he's not playing sticks but like i mean i get and we've talked about it in other episodes i get the understanding behind it you know it allows especially more talented defensive backs like darius slay james bradbury to break and make a play on the ball as opposed to reacting to what the receiver's doing um gives them a chance a little bit more on those curl routes and slant routes um it's supposed to in theory give them a better chance to get into position to make a play clearly that was not happening on the first and second drive uh you know nakua ended up having a drop uh later on in the game that i feel like kind of was a momentum change for them um and really where we took off and ended up making our mark on that game but um you know him and cup and i think they went to higby a few times which is what i I told y'all on the podcast before i was really worried about um you know and it looked our fears were undressing in front of our eyes our defense didn't look like they could stop a cold uh matthew stafford looked like reincarnation of peyton manning ball was getting out in under two seconds um and getting to a receiving target that almost always seemed to have four or five yards of separation from the quarterback. Uh, Darius Slate in those first two drives did not look very good at all. Uh, But thankfully, um, Sean Desai did something that we gave Jonathan Gannon a lot of hell for last year, and I still feel he struggles with, um, as evidenced by their season this year. 
But uh, thankfully, Sean Desai was able to make some halftime. And it really technically wasn't halftime adjustments. It was like, okay, after that second drive, we decided enough was enough. Absolutely. And yeah, after halftime, we came out and we just started playing man across the board, which I love. Because fortunately, we have a deep cornerback room that can actually do that. Um, Roby had to get his footing under him, too, because there was a couple of plays where he had to catch back up to the speed of the game. Right. Thing was, like, it's not the outside shit that killed us. It was all inside stuff. So that was really like our linebackers. I'm surprised. uh, What's his name? His numbers against Cup was really, I think he only allowed like two catches for under 16 yards, or it was. It was something when I saw the numbers for Roby at the end of the game. Now, granted, he didn't play as much as the other cornerbacks did, but his numbers were pretty good. Um, and he looked pretty good again this week. I mean, now, granted, you know, Garrett Wilson, special receiver, not jumping too far ahead there. But, you know, all right, man, our defense is, is definitely not a, not a source for complaint. It pretty much stopped after that second drive of the Rams game. Uh, they've been playing lights out since. So, shout out to Desai. Uh, and the rest of the offensive game because they've really been keeping this team afloat as uh, you predicted in the preseason would happen for us this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in that Rams game, I was surprised Higby didn't have a bigger game. He had two catches for 20 yards. It's It all stopped. They were probably both on that first drive or second between the first and second drive was probably both of his catches. Yeah, but uh, it's, I want to say... I really... I, <clears throat> go ahead, bro. I want to say Cup only got behind the defense on the outside like once. He could have got twice, but I think one of the passes got dropped or it was like underthrown by Stafford mm-hmm. due to like the pass. Yeah, Stafford didn't get the ball to him because the brush got home. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and Hassan Reddick, man, he, he he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he didn't make any excuses and he even told you he wasn't going to make excuses for that thumb injury and the cast on his hand, but clearly... Uh, if you've been watching the Eagles the past couple of weeks, the man, I mean, like like I discussed with you in the Vikings game, he was getting home. They're just getting the ball out too damn fast. And he's the, you know, it's going to take him more time, obviously, than the interior rush to get home. So that he's obviously a well-known commodity around the league. He's keyed on. So and, but he's just been dominating. Yeah. And, Run game too. Yeah. And kind of like to go back to that, like, Hassan has been receiving like a lot of chip blocks on his side. So there's a lot he has to fight through, which is kind of making life easier for like the interior linemen because mm-hmm. none of them are virtually getting doubled. Um, but yeah, life was getting made hard for him. But in like the last three games, he has like five sacks and like nine or 10 pressure or something like that. And of course, multiple. No, it's a, he's, I think he's already like back up into the league leader and talk again for sacks. Um, especially after this past week. Of course, he had a good week against the Jets as well. Um, and where I've really been impressed this year is, man, he's he's in the run game a lot. And what I've noticed from Desai, maybe more so in the Jets game than in the game uh, against the Rams, he's getting moved around a lot. Like, you might see him line up in that linebacker position. Uh, you'll see him line up on the left side. That's where I noticed him a lot in the Jets game. Uh, especially in where he was making more plays to that that I noticed it was in the run game. Um, he's, you know, it, Hassan is is a player that, man, we were very glad when we signed, and it's just, it's been one of those signings that's really paid off for us. So hopefully we'll find the money this offseason to make sure we uh, keep him happy and make him stay around because 
he keeps performing like this, he's definitely not playing under that contract again next year. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, to kind of fast forward into the game, um, yeah, 2-2 Atwell finished that first drive with a three-yard touchdown pass. Um, Louisville boy. Yes, sir. Hurt, 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 but hurt a little bit less when it's one of the guys that you're used to rooting for and you like to see him do well. Um, of course, you don't want to see him do well under the circumstances. And I mean, it was just, dude, I don't know what it was uh, about those first two drives. And I haven't gone back and thought a lot about them. Uh, I did watch some of the film, you know, following the game. Uh, but being a week old, I'm trying to think of some of the things that I remember. Um, but about our defense, it was just like those first two drives, it looked like we were, I don't know if, if the word is afraid. Uh, or we're just being cautious and maybe trying not to get like the shell taken off the top or whatnot. I'll tell you, the run, we I'll, weren't... I'll tell you exactly yeah. what I was doing. Early okay. in that game, the side was probing. It was like, okay, how do you all want to attack us? Are you going to go with Higby or are we going to have to worry about these receivers? Because Tutu okay. Atwell, we're not worried about him coming across the middle. And deep, if you put him on the outside, we got some of the best corners as well with the safety. Right. Knock him the fuck out. <laughs> if it comes down to it. Um, right. But yeah, so it was a lot of problem, which is why when you seen in the second half, um, I got to share it with you. They never crossed the ball. They never crossed midfield after halftime. Um, I want to say oh, wow. Cup had 98. Yeah. Cup had like 98 yards at halftime. And Cup only finished with, what was it? Barely like over 100. Yeah, he, yeah. he didn't have much like the yeah I, and i mean it seriously felt like i mean literally so they had like 90 something yards in their first two drives i want to say maybe it was more than that um the rest of the game after i can't remember and i must i think i shared that stat with you but it's been so long ago i don't remember it sounds fresh up top um but we had only and plus i'm pissed off about the loss yesterday um but we had only allowed after halftime like it was like 50 60 yards was all we allowed uh and i think maybe not just halftime it was after those first two drops it was insane uh how our defense like completely just flipped a switch and looked like improved defense from last year if you ask me i mean they look more complete you can't run on them last year you could this year this team is number one against the run in the nfl absolutely and uh jordan davis uh laid his weight on somebody kyron williams <laughs> oh my god <laughs> landed and on i know knocked the wind i out. know you saw that clip uh had had the boy go oh shit yeah, <laughs> you know he uh <laughs> Uh, I mean, and, and and not to go too far into it, but I mean, he was great again in the Jordan Davis has been, I would easily say our most improved player from last year uh, that was on the roster last year. I can't think of anybody that is playing better than him. Yeah, um, think about that play. It was a screen. So, of course, Jordan Davis started off with the pass rush. Yep. Went back in the screen mode, <laughs> caught the guy. And that recognition, yeah. Pancake is that, and then oh man, I mean, could you imagine that's that right there is why I don't, you know, I'm not playing football, and probably you're not playing football because I mean, that is a dude's almost 400 pounds, yeah, and it wasn't and, the initial hit that hurt, <laughs> no, it's the weight of him coming down on top of you. The hit wasn't much, you know, it just knocked it. It was when he came down on top, that's why you heard him go, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, 
man, I'd, I'd say, probably say I'd say the same thing if I saw Jordan Davis coming towards me too. Um, you know, but That's goodness it. gracious. But that boy has been on a tear this year. Uh, reiterated again, other fan bases love to try to poke holes at him like he was a bust. Uh, and like me and you have discussed many times on this show, we knew he just didn't get, I mean, we had a stacked defensive line last year. Uh, he was a complimentary piece of it. And I mean, of course, he was injured for four or five weeks where he was out and, and stuff. So he didn't get a chance to show really what he had last year. And I'm glad to see it this year, you know, with the improved playing time. Um, and of course, in that game, we were without Fletcher Cox. Um, so him and Jalen Carter both had, you know, a lot of playing time that day along with Milton Williams. And all three of them just played really exceptional and played really great games. So it's glad to see that, you know, a unit that we knew was a strength um, even continue into now the young guys look like, I mean, it. I, I would be surprised if Fletch pays past another year or two, but the only reason he would probably do it is because he's playing less reps than he ever had. Absolutely. Um, another interesting stat that happened after that week was um, DeAndre Swift and A.J. Brown are the first Eagles with over 500 with 500 uh, scrimmage yards through the first five games since D. Jackson Shady, and that was back in 2013. So there's something to look at there. Um and the stat that you end up sharing with me eventually today is, I mean, our offense hasn't looked much different than it came out last year. Yeah. No. And people were, you know what? And and when you said that today about they've just been equally as bad to start the past couple of years, I don't feel like we felt that way at the beginning of last year, though. Exactly. I feel like we felt like that we were balling. We were definitely headed to the Super Bowl. You know, me and you spoke many times and we were trying to hold it in, but we definitely saw the talent that was there and knew that we had a special team. And I'm, I'm going to tell y'all right now, I don't have that feeling after week six of the season. I'm not saying that, oh, we're awful or we're not going to make it back to the Super Bowl. Um, this team just, I mean, we'll get more into it as the show goes along, but they got a lot of uh, looking in the mirror to do. Uh, and it's good to hear the things that you hear that come out of a loss, like basically the uh nfl's version of a players only meeting they didn't even need sirianni to speak and things like that um but i know we haven't finished wrapping up the, the week before so let us not let me get too much into it because you already know i feel the anger <laughs> building up let's 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 just crash forward awesome uh press daiquiri just got sacked uh, but there was a play in that game that pissed us off. The quest screen that was at the end of the second quarter where he crashed into the defender instead of splitting the Smitty and the AJ blocks. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I, dude, I honestly like, expect, like, uh, so I, I'm, I'm glad we talked about slip. this. I was like, check his head. He, he posting facts. I mean, dude, I checked her. It was on, I can't remember. I think it was his IG. I saw his story earlier. Um, or maybe it was a tweet or something he posted. I have to go find it and share it with you. Because basically it was like, yeah, it was on his Instagram story. It was a sandwich packed in like like somebody had sent it with him. And it had like a Bible verse on it that basically said um, that he wasn't going through a storm. He was going through a transition and to hold in what God has in store for him. I, I don't know how much his IR visit 
is not due to, I mean, as you said, Nick clearly was pissed on the sidelines. I mean, it, he's an emotional coach, and it's not hard to tell sometimes what he's saying. Um, but I'm not surprised that they didn't have to, like, uh, censor his mouth because you can clearly say what he, he said exactly what all of us Eagles fans were saying when we saw the play. What the fuck was he doing? Um, you got a clear lane to get the first down. All he had to do was go between. I mean, they they had. I mean, dude, me or you could have ran through the hole. You know, it's <laughs> it wasn't a hard hole at all to, to get through or, you know, and it was just like, I mean, maybe maybe it was the hammy, you know, or but if you're that scared to get hurt, then get off the field. You can't help us. What are you doing out here? Yeah, then that's where I question our team letting him play and putting him in that situation. I because you know what? He can't do it if they don't call that play. Absolutely. I was starting to think since it was the end of the second quarter, maybe he was thinking about getting out of bounds, trying to be aware. But at the same time, pick up the fucking first down first. Right. Get the flipping first down. Like, oh my gosh, dude. I have long tried to hold out for Quez and stuff like that. Like, I, man, I am always a supporter. Don't take it the wrong way. But I, I'm, it's old, man. Like, I don't have much defense left for him at this point. I still really hope that when we need a huge play, um, he can come out with us. And I will give him this part. But then again, how could he trust you when you did what you did earlier? He was wide freaking open in that game. At the end of a half, or it was out of fourth down, or I can't remember what it was. He was left alone in the back of the end zone. Jalen just missed it. But did Jalen miss him? Or did Jalen just not trust that if he threw the ball to him that he was going to catch it? And I'm I'm starting to wonder, especially after we saw what we saw yesterday. And we'll get more into it and rip that Band-Aid off. But does he, it, does he, who does he trust? Who does he trust on this team? Yeah, I'm not sure if Hurts was more so thinking about the easier play to make versus trying to force it back there. I'm not for sure. But... I don't know. That's definitely something to uh, pay. It's another. It's just another one of those drives this year, man, where when you go back and you watch the All-22 and you watch it in the red zone, man, I'm not I'm not sounding any alarms or anything like that on Jalen. Still 100% full support. But you really got to, to – are you seeing the field, dude? Because, I mean, it's easy, obviously, to sit behind a computer screen and see wide-open people. You're not the one running around down there on the football field trying to dodge 350-pound dudes. They're trying to kill you. Um, so, I think, you know, some injury fatigue also affects Jalen. Well, right. You know what? I heard a caller on the show on WIP this morning that brought up a very good point. Uh, I finally, dude, I was so pissed yesterday after that game. I didn't want to watch the post game. I didn't want to watch Sports Center when I got home. I mean, I was driving back. I had a long trip, guys. That's what made it even worse is I was on the road the entire time. I had an eight-hour trip that day um, back from Indianapolis up to Minnesota. And uh, so all the game was watched in the car, you know, and I'm kind of, you know, trying to keep it mellow and together. And like I said, I really, like I told you before the show, I really couldn't pay a whole lot of attention on, like, depth and detail of what was going on if people were screwing up on plays or whatever. Um, clearly, Lane Johnson going out changed that game. 
But, man, (laughs) I didn't want to watch nothing last night when I got home. I was done. But I finally listened to Whip this morning, and a caller brought this up, and it's a very good point that I cannot ignore. Um, Jalen Hurts has bailed Nick Sirianni out of a ton, ton of situations. I'm not throwing Nick under the bus. But when has has Nick Sirianni helped Jalen Hurts out and and helped helped Jalen – Win a game. I think you know now. We we really. I don't know if I'm going far on that. We are, but it just like <laughs> I feel like. I mean, I really feel like, especially with some of the stuff that I've seen, and they gave some more clarification today. Nick designs plays, and Brian's the one who calls him. That that's that's the pecking order of how it goes. Um, but when when that call at first i said the same thing i I felt the same way you did when i first heard it i almost kind of laughed at the guy but the more i thought about it as the day went on you threw the ball where did we throw the ball 50 something times yesterday about on on a team now i understand they had a practice squad in its second but you threw the ball that many fucking times on a team that is 26 in the league at stopping the run you put the ball in harm's way now, granted, it's on your quarterback to make the fucking decision, and there was one. You know what? The first one we obviously know is a fluke. The second one, he got his arm hit. You can't. You you got to live and die with those. That's going to happen to any quarterback. The third one's the one I'm I'm not okay with. Uh, like you said, I don't know if it's the in game fatigue had gotten to him. Um, you know, he said he made the wrong read in the press conference. Clearly, I mean, anybody that knows the game at least a little bit knows you made the wrong fucking read, Jalen. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but I, like I, t- I told you that this morning, I, I haven't watched it anymore since I told you. I saw a couple still frames of it that people are posting on Twitter. But I still couldn't tell y'all, any of y'all, what the fuck he was doing on that last throw. Um, you, you, It's just that's that's inexcusable. You learn that shit in high school, college, at all levels of the football game, when you have the lead late in the game, you don't force a fucking ball in between two defenders. To Was it Jack Stoll that he was throwing to? I still couldn't tell who he was throwing that last one to. It was, but I think it was between um, Swift and Smitty, that last one. That very last one? Because what the, I mean, I, dude, we've seen some interceptions of his this year. Now, by the way, guys, he is second in the NFL in interceptions. The only person that's thrown more is Jimmy Guwa. He's thrown one more interception than Jalen Hurts this year. That's it. Like I said, the first one, man, that's fluke. You could even technically put that on Goddard if you wanted to. I mean, I just think it's a good defensive play. There's been a few of his interceptions this year that was just good defensive plays. I will live with those. I will not fucking live with that last interception that he threw. I, I, I can't. I mean, dude, I I literally, like I said, I watched it three times. I could not tell you what the fuck he was thinking. It's late in the game. I, if it's fourth down and it's our last shot, okay, what the fuck ever. Cool. You, you, you threw the ball up, but he threw it rushed. He threw it off of his back foot. He wasn't set. He acted like he was afraid of getting hit, but yet literally the pocket was clean when he released the football. The closest person to him was Malata had somebody coming in. But I I, I mean, and then the drive after that was as equally as terrible. And he looked dejected. That's what bothers me more than anything. Yeah. I've never sat there and seen him after that last pick. He just looked like he 
he looked like he was done. Like he didn't want to be there. Yeah. Like he was like, get me the fuck out of here. There was another throw that should have been picked uh, where he threw it to Smitty. It was like uh-huh. deep post. Smitty was initially open, but Hurts took forever to throw the ball. Forever! Like he shuffled twice like no. Oh, that, yeah, that was the very last one. He should have been picked off on the very last play. He's lucky Smitty took that one out. It was like, dude, step up in the pocket, make the throw. He shuffled to the left twice, and the safety was ever was able to come over top for the help because Smitty was open. He had the man beat. Um, well, and from what I've heard from uh, Thomas Peterson, I know we like to try to give credit. Uh, he's one of the ones that I, I watched a lot on Twitter because I think his insights very, very, very good. Even the players uh, will check in on him and stuff like that too. Um, but he said, and I think it was just a comment. I don't think he had shared any clips yet. But he said watching the All-22 pissed him off even more because there were guys wide open all day long and Jalen was missing them. Now, here's a couple things that I'll say. I know we brought this up before, so I need to interject a bit into this. Uh, AJ Brown had a route where he, he, he clearly, obviously, he didn't expect to get the ball. He slowed down. Um, Jalen threw a deep pass, a beautiful deep ball, might I add. Um, and it was just out of his reach because AJ had kind of stopped on the route just a few seconds before Jalen threw the ball. Um, that was a big changing moment that, you know, that one puts us up 21 to six, you know, so that to me was a key turning point. I think Jalen may have gotten sacked on the next play. The drive ended. It was when we were up 14, six and we literally just stalled the rest of the game. I mean, we scored zero points in the second half. I wonder how long it's been since that's happened to us. It's certainly been a while, man. And I'd say it has to be a first for Sirianni, unless we didn't score in that Tampa game at the end. There might a few of his early career games, maybe, but no points in the second half against a team that's playing there. I mean, it's a first loss. It's it was needed. I will say that. Um, hopefully what we're hearing about it is is true and they come out. I mean, because what pisses me off even more is those are games you're not supposed to lose. There is no way in hell. You play that game. You, you run that game back this weekend. We probably win that game going away. Now, that's not to take any jangle away from the Jets. They beat us fair and square. They have a very good defense. I will give that to them. They have a very good front line. They have a very good linebacker, CJ Mosley who I clamored and begged for when he was a free agent. Um, Of course, Philadelphia doesn't value that position very well. Um, And he did have some rough times afterwards, so it wasn't completely uh, just a stupid move by us not to do it. But highest-graded linebacker in the league yesterday for his performance against us. Um, and they, I mean, they're just very talented. They have a very good scheme. They're very well coached. Um, that you can see that the practice plan, squad players come in. Um, and I don't think any of them made a pick. Now, of course, one of us was our old friend, Craig James, um, who, as we remember, was when I heard he was starting, like, I mean, dude, we were talking about person plot breads. I mean, that's how bad we remember Craig James being. <laughs> so... Uh, it, it's it's very disappointing, dude. I'll get off my soapbox because uh, I'm I'm being a little light on this, but they really, you know, they really pissed me the fuck off yesterday. And I have some concerns going forward. I'm glad to see that Lane's going to be okay. That was definitely a turning point. And I mean, 
You know what? Uh, I think we just need to give Lane MVP. You think we need to give Lane MVP? Our team always looks when he goes down. It's yeah. like we can't win without him. He, I guess he's the glue, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lane and Cam um, run Gotta be. certainly look different, especially without Cam. Um, that's been highly noticeable. But um, kind of rapid reactions from the Jets game. Um, kind of players to blame. So Devontae Smith is sort of at the bottom of the list. Um, he had two excuses. Big drop. Yeah. He Big had drop. Two inexcusable drops um, because as bad as it seemed at the end, we didn't do terrible. Like we controlled the game. Jalen almost threw um, for 300 yards for three can support consecutive three consecutive games. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and Smitty's drop like that's not a, one of them was not a one to overlook. He was wide freaking. It was absolutely uncharacteristic of Smitty. So we won't harp on him like he's Nelson Aguilar. Um, yeah, deep but it was as bad. It was as bad as Aguilar drop. And Smitty easily, I'm not going to say he definitely scores on that play, but we're definitely set up first and goal inside the 10 if he makes that catch. There was nobody within fucking 20 yards of him, man. Drop. I mean, we literally, that was the most frustrating thing. We've watched ourselves do it all year. And we've kept saying we're playing with fire, we're playing with fire. And we just watched ourselves plexico burst the shit out of ourselves all day long. Just kept bang, bang, bang right in the foot all day can't get out of our own way and look I, I said it last year and it might be ringing true again this year can't nobody beat us but us it's people want to act like oh it was some big game plan that their secondary had don't turn the fucking football over four to zero teams are one in 163 when you lose the turnover battle four zero so it's it shit it just kept piling on yesterday and I mean, I can I mean, you know what? Perfect time for Halloween. That'll probably be the scariest movie I watch. I, I mean, dude, I literally, I, I couldn't believe it. Like I, I, like I said, I couldn't yell because I'm in the car. My kids are in and out of sleep. My wife's over there chilling with her headphones in, and I can't be over there yelling, "Stupid motherfucker!" And you know, but I mean, that's how I felt. I, I mean, it just, it, I, you know, I really don't talk to players like that. I'm just teasing y'all. Um, you know, but just the just the bonehead shit. Like, I mean, I definitely yelled, "What the fuck are y'all doing?" <laughs> like more times than I can count on one hand. Yesterday, I just, I, mean, I don't know, man. I I don't have a high level of concern going forward. But I'll say this: if we don't shape shit up, this team will be out early in the playoffs. Early, if we get there, our schedule's brutal. So it's a it it, it is very very. We can harp on the five. We've already won five games, blah, blah, blah. But we ain't won nothing, y'all. You know, not to, to borrow a line from uh, Remember the Titans. We ain't won nothing. So our hardest part of our schedule is coming up. We don't fix shit. This might be a team you're talking about missing the playoffs. Ooh, I wouldn't go that far. I'm going to go it's back. Too, it's too early for all that. But, that I mean, that's the level of pissed off I am with how they play. And, and, and i tell you what. If they don't fix this fucking shit that we've seen through six weeks, because granted, we, we keep winning, so we keep overlooking it because we're winning. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. We're having speeches at the end of the day. And you know what? That is the one different thing this year than last year. Even when we were winning and we're 8-0, blah, 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 last year, 
Jalen still kept talking about that standard and how they weren't playing to it. Now, I know it's been being said the past couple of weeks, but when we were winning, you didn't hear that. You just kept hearing him say, well, winning is the only thing that matters. Well, bullshit it is because it, now, hold on, let me back up. It's not that it isn't the only thing that matters. Yes, at the end of the day, we'll we'll take all that shit back and, and let him have a horrible game against the Chiefs if we can get a Super Bowl trophy. Absolutely. So yes, at the end of the day, that's what matters. But I mean, when you, you have obvious obvious issues that we've seen throughout the year, you can't just gloss over them. And so hopefully this sticks it to them because I think they did the exact same thing that they did against Washington last year and overlooked a weak opponent and thought that they were just going to come in there and win because they were the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and they fucked around and found out. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Before we end this first segment, I want to go back on something you say about uh, Sirianni never helping Hurts win. That's complete bullshit. All last year, he made Hurts' life easy. Granted, Hurts made some incredible throws at crucial moments, but the play designs, um, when you had... Uh, whether it's Kenny G, Miles Sanders, Goddard having big games before he got hurt at that point of the year, um, AJ making big plays, Smitty making big plays, Quez mixing in there now and then. Like, there were moments where he definitely made Hurts' uh, life easier. The RPO made some reads a lot easier because defenses were still... So where's that at this year, dog? Like... That's, that's, I mean, because if it was him, then why does it seem like it's gone? Because the moment we'll recall a certain place just isn't working. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back on this. Uh, Got to pay some bills, but we'll be right back with you. Infinity. <laughs> coming right back. Hey, man, what's up? What's happening? Check this out and dig this. This is your boy, Nephew Q, and we're going to take a quick pause in the show to let you know about all the shows we got going on under the Beyond the Game umbrella. If you're into the fantasy football world, we have you covered with the We So KY Fantasy Football Podcast, hosted by the best fantasy football league in the world. Not just the city, but the world, Craig. But if you want to know what's going on in society and culture, check out the Spoken Minds Podcast hosted by Chris Jones and Ike Barron. And of course, we have the Conversations with Q, a show about life, love, entertainment, sports, society, culture, and everything in between. But if you want to know what's going on with Steph, KD, LeBron, then the NBA Fast Break Podcast is more your flavor, hosted by myself and KJ. But if you're a college basketball fan, don't worry. We have you covered with the Heels Half Ass Podcast, hosted by Don J, a show that covers everything the University of North Carolina basketball related. And BBN, we ain't left you had a vote with the I Rock UK Blue podcast hosted by Rich DeBoer and Bravo that keeps you up to date with everything going on with the University of Kentucky basketball team. But if you're into the NFL, fly Eagles fly as we have the Infinity Link podcast hosted by Don J and Drew that keep you up to date, give you in-depth analysis with everything going on with the Philadelphia Eagles football team. And of course, we can't leave out the Beyond the Game flagship show where we talk about sports in a way that you've never, ever heard it before in an entertaining, comedic way. And we have more shows on the way with the Betting Big with Jones show, a show that teaches you and shows you how to bet, when to bet, what to place your bets on, and everything in between. So we got that coming down the pipeline. But enough about all of that. Let's get back to the show. Gio. Welcome back, y'all. It is part two of Infinity Link. We are on our week five and six recap. Um, just to give y'all a quick summary, if you're just checking in or getting back with us, uh, I just unleashed clearly on my unhappiness. Uh, and Don was bringing up a good point, man. I, I mean, you know, play calling, play design, things like that. Um, I do agree, uh, but I wanted my rebuttal or question to him uh, before we had to go was, 
where's it at this year? Because it just, I'm tired of seeing the quarterback draws, bro. Uh, it's and, and now granted, I don't know how many times Hertz is checking to it because there is a couple times it looks like he is checking to it. But I mean, Jesus, Pete, man, it's like we get in the red zone and it's like automatic. One of our five or six play attempts that we have in the red zone is going to be a quarterback draw. Absolutely. But like last year, I felt like the Florida offense was just going to whoever's hot is getting the ball. This year, I feel like Sirianni like might be a little scared of like not feeding everybody as much as he can, um, which is like, OK, I have too many damn shiny toys. And I have to keep them all shiny and happy. No, go with the fucking Florida game. Right. right. Go with them. If it's Goddard, so be it. If it's AJ, right. so be it. But we also have to get Smitty involved. Because while I can say those are uncharacteristic drops by Smitty, because he made like one catch earlier in the game that was out of bounds. It was like one-handed, falling backwards, was only able to get one foot down. Like Smitty right. involved. There's no doubt about it. But also... Right. They got to get those reps in, getting the ball. Like when when it's his game, stop going away from him and going back to AJ because AJ had that little blurt at the beginning of the season. Um, who completely knows what that was? AJ Brown has been doing great, but at what cost? Right, right. Are we force feeding him the ball too much? That's a that's a great point because yeah. I mean, yes, he just set a, a Eagles record, uh, fourth game in a row over 125 yards receiving. Uh, he's up at the tops of the league as far as receiving yards and catches, and but it, uh, at at what cost? Yeah. You know, it seemed like it was a lot of, especially through the mid parts when we were struggling. It was a lot of AJ Brown and DeAndre Swift. Yeah, you know, and there's been some like amazing play calls that I've seen. We were like right outside the red zone maybe about the 30-ish to the 40-ish, in between somewhere in there, late in the game. Uh, uh-huh. We had Kenny Kenny G in the backfield with Smitty. We, uh, it was basically a three three plays in one, um, RPO. So I know it's one you're talking about yeah, with the one that he dumped it off. Are you sure it wasn't Boston that he dumped it off to at the end of that play? It was like in the red zone, we ended up getting the first down pretty easily off of it. It was a pretty nice play design. It was one of the cooler ones I've seen us run this year. It might as well have been uh, Boston. Because I think Zacchaeus motioned behind, didn't he? And it was like almost like a triple threat RPO. Correct. So, fake the handoff to Kenny one way. You have the pass option coming off of it, Thank and you. you also have the quarterback run off of it. So, first read, of course, is handing it off. Second read is, of course, Jalen keeping it. And the third read is, of course, the receiver coming, um, just coming swinging out left. And that's what happened yeah. with Scott or whether it was Swift. That was a beautiful play call that I would actually love to see inside the red zone. Because that's right. very impossible to stop. You got the man motioning, which is going to clearly identify or at least should clearly identify to any quarterback in the NFL what defense uh, they're in. So that should eliminate some things from Hurts mind. You make the defense pick which one they want to defend? Absolutely. It's kind of like what the Chiefs did to us with all the motioning, those easy red zone scores. They got back-to-back in the Super Bowl when you think about yep. it. It was like picking. Yep. You have to be disciplined on defense off, and make sure everybody knows where they're supposed to be. So I think having all those toys, well, you got Swift, who's, of course, once he got his carries, uh, he came onto the scene uh, before Cam Jurgens got hurt. The Russian was looking impeccable. Um, A.J. Brown's been doing great. Smitty, every now and then, got his more recently came alive. But it's just like, 
Nick, stop worrying about who's getting the touches and go with the hot hand. Whether it's right. carry the ball 30 times, whether we need to put Swift in the slot and even have Kenny in the backfield just as an additional blocker because we know he's better in pass pro. <laughs> but we also can't take Swift off the field because he's a hell of a weapon. So keep him on the field. Make a right. put him in the slot. We can run screens. Swift can run routes. He can even Swift got that touchdown out of the slot. What, yeah, okay. what a play that was. What a what a great play. I mean, that was a bad throw from Jalen. So he caught the ball behind him. What a great catch that was. Then got hit and just like pinballed off the dude and went into the end zone. I was a what body control uh balance uh, that takes a lot dude that was a pretty pretty special play from deandre swift one of the highlights of the game absolutely i don't know if i need to send sirianni some of my fucking videos from madden or what but there's certain formations i put swift in the slot and i run like a fake jet motion off of it or i actually run the jet like the jet touch pass depending on what i'm getting a look at but it's like different things. You show like the same look, but you're running different things. We did that a lot last year. We'll run one right. play and then see something open up right behind it. So we're going to give you the exact same play. But this time we're going to go over the top on you because you think it's going back to Goddard over the middle or right. coming back to somebody else. And I don't see that this year. I just, I mean, maybe they are and the reads aren't being made or, I, you know, I'm not, I, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to go on a killer crusade um, for our coaching staff, for our players, or anybody over one loss. Um, but I just, that's that's my, I, I just don't see the creativity. Now, is it because, now I'll, I'll bring up a good point, at least to it that just popped into my mind. Is it because we're having communication issues as it is? You know, so, I mean, who knows what's going on in practice? But I mean, do they just not feel comfortable with this team's knowledge of the playbook or their roles and responsibilities to run those kind of plays? Because if you run those kind of plays and you don't run them correctly, they end up being a disaster. Uh, your quarterback's going to get hurt. Uh, but but as we saw, you know, in the New York game, when they run those kind of plays and they're successful and they run them the right way, it truly opens us up to what my favorite comment from Jalen Hurts last year about being a steakhouse was, yeah. you know? Um, so it's just, to me, it's, it's, you obviously see that it works. That's a great point. We used to do that a lot last year. We would probe early on in the game with plays and then you would see them again later in the game. And we'd normally get a big play off of it because we were doing something that was a completely different part of that play that you weren't paying attention to because we had such good success earlier. And now is it the lack of success on those type of plays the first time that's causing us when they're run again to, I mean, I don't know, man, but I, I definitely see what you're talking about and I don't see us doing it this year as much. Yeah. And um, another thing is I think we really need to establish roles on this team because not only is Hurts a captain, AJ's a captain, Smitty's a captain amongst whoever the other three or four. Like, look, okay, our team is David Ruffin and the fucking Temptations. And Jalen Hurts is David fucking Ruffin. That doesn't mean the background singers or supporting cast never has their moments. Because if anybody remembers the Temptations, we all know they had their verses, their standout moments, or whether they went solo or whatever it is. Like, you can have a lead 
and then somebody else also has a very strong supporting role on a team then that's what we need to identify like look one thing that's going to be for certain every damn game is Hurts has to lead us now who he's getting the ball to you motherfuckers can't worry about that get open right those for the love routes finish them run them as if you're getting the ball and yeah go completely with it um and that's why i mean i hate to say it but do you think now it was easy in the beginning of the season the loss was fresh but you know as everybody in the nfl speaks to that that climb is a is a climb and it's not an easy one to make you know so Absolutely. And everybody's on pins and needles. Sirianni's been on pins and needles since the offseason about how hard he's been in practice about getting shit right. Like, that Super Bowl loss hurt. Everyone hasn't got over it. We can clearly see that. Right. We want to get back there and we want to finish it off. But we also have to take those progressive steps to get there. Let's get together as a team. Let's reestablish our identity and focus one right. time. We all know the end game is Super Bowl. Everybody is pretty much looking at it as at least NFC Championship or bust. Oh, yeah. That, dude, there's, you know what? There's so much of our fan base that is going to tell you that anything less than a Super Bowl championship is a bust this year. Now, I'm not going to jump that parade, but you know what? Like, I mean, you get where they're coming from is all I'm going to say. I I had high, I have high expectations for this team. Last week doesn't change that, but you also have to be a non-homer fan at points too and realize that like I mean there's a reason there's the NFL is the one sport where you don't really see a lot of repeat champions ever you know baseball has them basketball has them that's not to slight those sports and say that those championships are easy to win absolutely it's just it's look at I mean look at our injuries piling up and I mean we dude Reed's hurt you know Lane's saying he's gonna do everything he can to play Sunday hopefully you know what if he's not ready then Sunday has to be a day where we have to do what what teams have to do sometimes and that's help players from themselves it's week seven Lane or six sorry no I'm sorry we just finished week six it's week seven Lane yeah I don't need you to go out there and kill yourself for us this week against the Dolphins. Absolutely. Something I definitely want to see uh, with this next game. Well, something I definitely don't want to fucking see is Driscoll go out there. Uh, reason being is let's just go, yeah, let's just go, go out there. Two options. Go ahead and put Tyler Steen at right tackle. A. Okay. B. Swing Maylotta to the right tackle and put uh, what was the guy? Fred Johnson, Fred Douglas, the other left tackle that we saw. Fred Johnson. Yeah, Fred Johnson had amazing preseason. Let's go ahead and see what we got from them. What we can get from them. Because one thing we know already is Lane's not going to be gone forever. So let's go ahead and at least get a peek of what we see from them. Because we're going to have to at least dress up a backup uh, right tackle or we're going to have to look at a right tackle for the few because almost one thing's for certain every year with the Eagles. Uh, Lane is getting hurt um, at some point, <laughs> Lane's getting hurt. Maddox is getting hurt, which both are right now. Um, yeah, there's injury somewhere, and those are two positions and two players that we need to definitely make sure we have backups for. Which was, seems like we've done a good and job. That's I feel like with the you know I'm gonna go back on one of your lines from earlier in the year. I am gonna trust in Jeff. Because I feel like if he has to to be, and I feel like he very well should and probably will be the right tackle this game. Um, I feel like with a full week to prepare, 
that I mean, we've seen him play in the backup right tackle spot before, and it's not. He's not Lane Johnson. There's no, but there is not a single freaking player out there that we're going to get that is going to be a Lane Johnson for us. Um, so anybody that you expect to fill those shoes is obviously going to fall short. But I feel like, I mean, I don't know, Sua didn't look that great either. Uh, the whole right side basically had Jalen running for his life all day long. Now, thank God that's the side that's in front of his face so he can use his talent. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I'm going to trust in Stalin. I'm going to trust in what we're doing there. I'm going to expect if Wayne can't go that they're going to bring a tackle up from the practice squad. Uh, I believe we have one or two sitting on the practice squad right now. Um, and it could end up being somebody we don't want to see like Toth or something like that. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that's going to be a consistently huge issue now i mean you could argue last year when lane went out it's why we lost the last couple of games through our right tackle couldn't block shit so i mean i don't know i just i'm gonna trust in jeff and that's all i got for you on it yeah definitely gotta trust in him i love to see steen at uh right tackle or like i said fred johnson at left tackle move over maylotta but i really that's like the last option i don't want to shift maylotta from the left side he's just right um, just like no, that's that's Jalen's blind side. You, you gotta, he's gotta stay there no matter what. Yeah, just like of course we drafted what I want to say Lane was a left tackle, and then he just ended up at right tackle, of course, and that's kind of where he stayed. But yeah, bless him. But yeah, we got trust in, trust in uh, Jeff Stoutland. Um We got who is it? Bradley Chubb that uh, we got to face at the edge this week. Yeah, Bradley. Yeah. Dolphins. So uh, figure it the fuck out real fast. Or we're going to fuck around and find out. Bradley um, Chubb and Christian Watkins, if, if we're not careful, they could be in that backfield all day. And I mean, let's just let's just be real. The, here's here's my problem, and I think you kind of brought it up earlier. I, I, I think Jeff Driscoll is a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. Run the fucking football. I mean, good Lord, anytime our offense has started struggling and stalled out all year long, that's pretty much been the damn answer, was to run the fucking football. Let that offensive line get going, let them get feeling themselves, and then you run up off the play action and your RPOs and things become that much more effective. I mean, dude, we ran the ball, I think into going into the fourth quarter, we had only ran the ball eight fucking times. Like... I'm not saying that eventually in his career that Jalen Hurts cannot win football games that way. But I mean, the numbers right now, he's 0-4 when we throw over 40 times a game. He's only played for us, so there's nobody else for those stats to be for. Run the motherfucking football and stop trying to be cute. I know that we were playing a practice squad secondary, but you know what? Coverages and disguises work when they rush three and drop seven. Absolutely. Rush three and drop eight. I'm sorry. Rush three and drop eight. Man, I love this. You, you could you could have me and you can play out there, Don, because if you drop an eight dudes in the secondary, as long as somebody's got our back shit, I'll sit up and, and play up tight on AJ Brown and, and Smitty and talk shit to them while they burn me all game. As long as the dudes behind me got my back and we're playing the concept up, I don't have to respect your run game. Then, then cool. And they are 26 in the league. They rank no better than 22nd on anything run statistic wise. I literally thought, even with the secondary being out, that we would just it would it would be one of those. Especially with the way our first drive went, 
and we planned like what 19 play I, I can't remember how many plays they said it was it was a lot like 19 something play drive we took up basically the whole quarter with our first drive absolutely and, and even got seven a controversial seven but it was seven you know we got seven so and, and, and it's not like i mean the defense i i can't put anything on them they played great you know garrett wilson's a great receiver he's gonna make plays he's gonna get open it's gonna happen but other than that they didn't do much Brees hall was shut down and besides the one touchdown run we gave him and so i mean i that's why i'm not too mad about losing the game i'm just mad about how we lost the game you Hey, Drew, Drew, let me just put some things in perspective, man. Every quarterback is human. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, Jalen's going to make mistakes. I mean, it's part of it. I, I'll, I've forgiven him. I just haven't forgiven the way we lost the game. And no, I'm sorry. I will not forgive that third interception. Don't do that shit again, Jalen. God damn it. Yeah. But to continue on, um, the quarterback is human. We've seen josh allen have a horrible game i can't remember if it was week one or week two where he threw three interceptions they lost horribly um patrick mahomes has had a horrible game where he's thrown like three interceptions we've seen most like your kirk cousins and the jets have made have made every quarterback they've played this year now i mean they get to talk their talk uh but robert Sala made a quote today saying that they face some of the league's best they faced a gauntlet of QBs so far this year, and they've embarrassed every one of them. And I, I, I can't cheer back at him with anything for that. I mean, he did. That was probably Jalen's second worst game of his career. The only one that I would even put comparable was that Giants game. Yeah. In the Giants game, I wasn't even as mad at him. I was more mad at Jalen Rager at the end of the game than I was him. Yeah. And, like, continuing on from that tidbit, the quarterbacks having bad games. It's going to happen. Um, and everyone that's well, facing Jets have, how is he going to answer? This week will show me a lot. Yes, sir. I, I fully expect Jalen to flush last week uh, to use one of his better because he definitely took a duty. Oh, the whole offense. You know, I I will absolve anything with that defense. Uh, your boy Covey's leading the league, by the way, in um, return yards this year. Um, but our special teams played pretty well besides Jake's. I mean, that was very uncharacteristic of Jake. Just kind of summed up our day and how it went. But you know what? That field goal wouldn't have helped us win that ball game anyways. Um, yeah. And yeah, it would have gave us a comfortable lead, but we still blew it. For sure. But even Batman, the Dark Knight himself, even the Dark Knight has a Dark Knight or multiple Dark Knights. Still doesn't make him not fucking Batman the next day he wakes the fuck up. So, all we gotta do is turn this shit around. What I'd love to actually see this week is some heavy packages. I'd love to see Goddard in the backfield, and I'd love for us to throw an extra damn tackle out there, whether it be Steen or Johnson. And let's get Rashad Penny involved. Let's just start being overly physical and tiring teams out and then hit him over the top. We can run two receiver sets. We got two of the best route runners in the NFL. I mean, where has he been this year? I mean, did did he get it? Now, granted, like I said, I couldn't pay full-on attention to the game yesterday. So I don't know if Penny got in. I don't know if he was one of our inactives before the game. I wouldn't surprise me if he was. But what are we doing with him at this point? Like, they did this crap with Trey Sermon all year last year where they held the roster spot for the dude and just made him inactive and stuff. And, like, it's all cute and stuff. But, man, we're hurting. We're, we need bodies in areas. So, that shit ain't cute this year. 
Yeah, so what are we what are we doing with him, man? Use him or fucking trade him and get us a safety and a linebacker. And I, you know what? But I, the only reason I say safety is because we have potentially one active safety this week if Reed's out. Because I don't know that the way they act, Sydney's not ready to go. Which I don't understand why they didn't put him on IR then, because he's been out about three, four weeks now. Yeah. So you know, if Reed can't go, which from what I heard I, now, I. They had, didn't come out as early on the news with uh, with Reed like they did Lane, but it don't sound good. It don't sound like Reed's going to be able to play. So, I mean, we got to do something. You know, I know there's a lot of Jeremy Chin talk, me and you. I've been throwing some things that I've seen to you. That, could this be the week that he that Howie pulls something and makes a move? I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Will it be more likely that it would be going into the bye? Probably. Yeah, but... Um... Nation, America, as Bernie Mac will say, America. Um, this is an overreaction. We had the game and we lost it. Like, it, yeah. I'm not gonna say the Jets literally took that game from us. Like, honestly, on paper, you look at the stats. Like, we gave it to them. The yeah. Jets even tried to be cute enough to say, "Nah, you know what? We don't want it. You take it." Yeah, because you 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 were right. You were right. I I fully and that tells you. See that tells you right there. I could not be fully engaged in the game. I didn't know that we didn't have three timeouts. I forgot. And when you said that, I was like, "Fuck, that's right." He did burn. And we gotta stop doing that shit too. It's cute when we're up and we're we're winning and we win the game to burn timeouts because we can't get the fucking play in on time or guys can't get set or whatever the fuck the issue is with that. When we're burning so many timeouts this year to get a play in, but. I mean, had Brees Hall fallen down at the one yard line, they run that, they kick a field goal as time goes out and win the game. Now, granted, it worked out fine for him anyways. And you've seen in the San Francisco game, what can happen if you leave the game up to your kicker. And who knows, maybe it was bad conditions. Maybe that's why Jake missed that chip shot. Uh, yeah, you know, but. Uh, yeah, he's rough. Rutherford sucks. And um, yeah. We got to go back there again, of course, to face the Giants. Yeah, yeah. dude, and Jalen, now congratulations. You've had two of your worst games in the same stadium. <laughs> you know, and those were those were the only, I mean, he tied his career high for interceptions in game. He's only, that's not his career high is three. And both of them came in that stadium. And I mean, it, like I said, dude, I, I know I've probably said this 10 times. Y'all probably get sick of it on the podcast. But God damn it, Jalen. I don't know what you were doing on the third one, man. I can defend you like hell on the first two. You got your arm hit. Defense made a good play by popping the ball out on the screen. Like, and the shit fell right into the defensive tackle's lap. Like, it, that's just bad luck. And I mean, that's kind of when maybe we should have seen that it wasn't going to be our day. But I, I mean, I even thought when that happened, I was like, oh, that's some fluke shit. We'll be all right. Our defense stiffens up. And then they didn't allow points off that drop. Yeah. And the thing about it, they talked. They talked about it nauseum on the podcast is we hadn't allowed points all, or on the telecast is they hadn't allowed points all year off of a drive. Well, now that's over. I mean, they allowed a field goal, but then they ended up giving up that touchdown after the interception because they just gave it away. And so, you know, it's you know, defense has bailed us out a lot this year, man. And, and games like yesterday make you realize how much they've bailed it out this year. So I, I'm not going to blame Brian Johnson. There's plenty of blame to go around for yesterday. Like you said, we just got to flush it and move on, man. And hopefully that's what we do. Unfortunately, we got to feel the way we feel for another four or five days. Yeah, so next week, 
This is move. Well, I'm not gonna move completely for it, but yeah, Zach Wilson only threw for 186, 19 for 33, got sacked five times. Uh, the worst passer rating than Jalen Hurts, even though Jalen threw three interceptions. Yeah, you know? and um, he's clear. I mean, you know, dude, he's just clearly not. He's gonna do what that team needs him to do this year. The Jets got an outside shot to make the playoffs because of how good their defense is. Um, Absolutely. As long as he, as long as he does what he did against us and does not turn the ball over, doesn't give, because that's all we needed. That would have swung the whole game for us if we could have picked him off, if we could have popped one loose and gotten on top of it. I mean, we had a chance for a pick. We had a chance to get on top of. Him. Drew, we were supposed to blow them out the way if certain things would have went another way, just like it has them. It's, just like, you know, you know what? Like you said to me earlier, things have been working out our way all year long. We've been getting by and and now we can't. Now, now they can't stand up at the podium and say, well, winning's the main thing. What are y'all so mad for? We won the game. Now y'all got to sit up there and answer, okay, well, y'all, now y'all did all the same dumb shit you've been doing all year. And you lost. And you lost to an inferior opponent it is what's worse. You lost to a team that you had no business be. It was a historical loss. The way they acted on the sidelines when they won that game yesterday, that was their Super Bowl. They And, and for a while for them, that was probably the Jets' best win as a franchise in damn near a decade. They've never beaten us before. Over 12. You heard all about that shit at nauseum. Well, guess what? If you're a Jets fan, first thing I said after that game was, thank fucking God we ain't got to hear that no more. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, and it's bullshit, man, because there's no excuse for it. There is flat fucking no excuse for the shit. You know, and bad days happen, like you said. I, I, I get it. You're absolutely 100% right. But that bullshit is uncalled for. So you know what? That's fine. Get it out your fucking system. Have your puke game against a shitty team. But now you better come correct because you you come like you've come the first six weeks of the season. You got about four or five losses coming your way here real soon. And shit looks real different at five and three or six and four than they do at five and one. Yeah, good thing is we are back at home next week. But um, a couple things go different ways, and it's an easy win. Um, A.J. Brown actually fully runs his route. Great. That's a fucking touchdown. Smitty catches that uh, deep cross over the middle. He had like 10, 15 yards in between him and the next defender. Mm-hmm. And more. Um, Jake Elliott makes the field goal. Boom. That, of course, puts them down by another possession. Um yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of different things. The Goddard thing, we can't blame that on nobody. Sound play and uh, no. Williams was in just a great play. Great times. It was just a great play all around. There's not shit. You but Jalen doesn't throw that last fucking ball, and you live to fucking play another down, and we punt the ball away, and you make fucking Zach Wilson have to go 80 yards for a game-winning touchdown drop. Another I would have much rather live with that result. Another thing to that point. Why was Jalen throwing the ball at that point in the game? That's what the fuck I'm saying about it. See, that's that's where my comments about Nick not helping him came from. The fuck are you doing, Nick? Run the fucking foot. Dude, it is inexcusable. It's like, it's like Nick felt like we weren't cool. Hey, Drew, I'm going to tell you what happened. Like that like that we didn't have the style. Or I, I, I can't explain it to you. It, it's just you on the, you on the right line. Nick got too fucking cute with the game on the line. 
Like, hey, dude, run the ball. Run some fucking clock. Our defense has been doing great. The only time the Jets have scored, we actually allowed a point off a turnover for the first time this year. And the picks, we were putting our defenses in bad places. Like, when they actually had to... All game! They weren't getting shit. All game long, we kept putting our defense in shitty situations. And they couldn't do nothing. And at the end of that game, Zach Wilson was starting to see ghosts. I, I fully believe that we run run the fucking ball three times in a row and say, okay, here. That's, see, to me, that's the only shit that bothers me about Nick. It was that, that was an ego thing and a wanting to win by more and not being satisfied with the way we had played so far because the old school Bill Belichick coach runs that football three fucking times and, and is laughing on the sideline saying, Zach Wilson's not about to beat me. Here yeah, you go. Stop, stop looking for Take the your foul drive. Point. Take your drive, and here's your best shot. Yeah, stop looking and for it, the foul points or build momentum for next week. Because next he week, threw the fucking ball three times in a row, dude. I don't even think he ran it once on that whole drive. Didn't kill any clock at all whatsoever. And the crazy thing is, they scored within one play, and of course, we had a minute and forty six left with two timeouts left. Now I get it with odds and everything. But if we would have scored off that Brees Hall, it would have kind of felt bad because it was like, damn, if I'd have just went down at the fucking one, we could have just bled the rest of the time. Exactly. And out. But then we came out and, and fucking, uh, you know what? I, I fully believe Jalen was seeing ghosts at the end of the game. That's the only kind of excuse I will give him for that. Like, cause that's, that's the kind of shit you do when you're seeing ghosts. And man, Jalen. When you're feeling the rush that's not there and you're worried about getting hit and worried about getting the ball out on time. But like, you know what, dude, Jalen, I'm way cooler with you taking a fucking sack right there than I am with you throwing a fucking 45 yard interception return that set him up at the 10 yard line. Yeah. It's just our situational management has been piss poor this year from the coaching staff down to the execution. Yeah, and Drew, we also got to simmer down because what do we have last year? We had continuity. We had, uh, shit, why can't I not even think of the fucking offensive coordinator's name now? Shane Steichen? Yeah, we had Shane Steichen. We had Jonathan Gannon. Nick didn't really have to butt in their fucking business. It was just kind of like, hey, I think something in my head. You get the fucking message. I don't even have to say it out loud. I give you a certain look. You know what the fuck's going on. But yeah. now we got two brand new coordinators. Desai is doing an impeccable fucking job. He is. He is. Yeah, they but... said that on the radio this morning too. He is an improvement over Jonathan Gannon, and I believe that one hundred percent. We win the Super Bowl if we have Sean Desai as our offensive court or defensive coordinator. Yeah, but Johnson never called plays. He got to get in his groove. He got to find his own damn footing. And he, dude, with the stats I showed you, he's not doing a bad job. Not, I could go for a little less of the quarterback draws in the red zone. I could go for a little more creativity like we touched on earlier. But, man, he's not doing a bad job. I, I will be the first one to tell you. And you know what? I'll be the first one to make fun of Dak Prescott when he throws interceptions and waller with Cowboys fans all week long and, and talk about how Dak cost them that ball game. And I'll be the first one to fucking tell you. Jalen Hurts' decision-making cost us that ball game. I don't care that he carried us through three quarters. And you're absolutely correct that he carried us through three quarters. His decision-making, Nick Yes, should not have put him in that situation. I agree. We we, we can, but Jalen doesn't have to make that fucking throw. That was Jalen Hurts' decision to make that throw, and that throw cost us the football game. You cannot make that. Th I mean, to me, if I'm his dad, 
I'm calling him after the game. Like, son, what the fuck? We worked on that in fucking high school. Hey, man. What the <laughs> fuck were you doing? Hey, I wholeheartedly agree with you. But, uh, yeah, uh, we've been so prone to see Jalen make. Uh, that's why this is so extraordinary. Yeah, we've this seen Jalen turn salt into fucking sugar. And This like, is his second loss in, like, 27 fucking regular season games, man. Yeah. So Why are we paying? Hey, Jalen, if, if you ever happen to listen, God bless, we'd be honored. Um, I'm still one of your hugest fans, man. I I feel like that meme, like, you know, I might be mad right now, but I still support you, you know, whatever. Um, but but it is what it is. It's just, it, it's, it, look, man, I don't have to hold you accountable because I fully believe the kind of person you are that you will. It's just us holding you, holding this podcast accountable and me being able to look at Cowboys fans when I tell them Dak sucks and tell them I judge Jalen with the same damn sword that I do Dak. Yeah, absolutely. Because Jalen, you sucked Sunday. Please don't do that again. That's all right. You can. You're human. You get a couple sucks a year, man. I wish it wouldn't have been against the damn Jets, but you know what? At least it wasn't against the Cowboys. So go out there, you know. And and I think I think that this is gonna fuel Jalen, and because he already has enough fuel this weekend. You didn't need you didn't need to put any more gas in his tank. I think, but he might have even been guilty of looking ahead to the Dolphins game. Yeah. You know, I, I I think the matchup with Tua, and I mean, come on, man. You know Jalen's a competitor. This is all you want as a competitor. Oh, I get to see the guy that took my job. The guy that everybody said was better than me. The guy that said, everybody said was the left-handed Peyton Manning. You know, I don't know that anybody ever said that. Don't fact check me there. But, you know, he's he's got all the motivation in the world this weekend. And now he just went out and threw a fucking clunker like he did this weekend. Oh, hell. I hope the Dolphins is ready. Absolutely. Because uh, when you have a game like this, it's, it's kind of hard to get worse. Like, not saying it can't happen. God forbid. It definitely don't happen next week. Uh, but yeah, um, you just got to bounce back. Um, they got that hunger in their belly. It was the first thing of the year and we just got to move forward from that. Uh, we got a home game against a very highly touted team. Um, I know one of their running backs is out, uh, Devon A-Chain. I hope I finally said his damn name right. Uh, yeah. it's about to be damn track and field. Now it is going to be Philly. It is going to be on grass. Might be a little cold. So, you know, Mostert's prone to fumble a lot. And um, they don't really have, like, no big physical receivers. So you lay a nice hit on them. Ball's coming out. Or they're simply not catching it. Because one thing I know Tariq really don't like doing is running into traffic to actually catch a pass. Nope. You will nope. fucking ball fly right by him if he He'll sees go it. backwards. He'll go backwards <laughs> for you. Now, the problem is, is that little motherfucker's fast enough when he goes backwards that he can go 100 yards forward in two yeah. seconds flat. But a lot you're of right. speed. He don't like to go over the middle. He don't like to get hit. It's a lot of speed, and um, he said before the season that he's going to try to go for 2K. But we're going to take another break right here. We're going to come back with part three. We're going to really dive into this Dolphins game before we uh, end the night. Um, so, Drew, hang tight for me. Infinity Link listeners, please hang tight for us. We'll be right back with part, uh, part three to close us out. Hey, man, what's up? What's happening? Check this out and dig this. This is your boy, Nephew Q, and we're going to take a quick pause in the show to let you know about all the shows we got going on under the 
beyond the game umbrella. If you're into the fantasy football world, we have you covered with the We So KY Fantasy Football Podcast, hosted by the best fantasy football league in the world. Not just the city, but the world, Craig. But if you want to know what's going on in society and culture, check out the Spoken Minds Podcast, hosted by Chris Jones and Ike Barron. And of course, we have the Conversations with Q, a show about life, love, entertainment, sports, society, culture, and everything in between. But if you want to know what's going on with Steph, KD, LeBron, then the NBA Fast Break Podcast is more your flavor, hosted by myself and KJ. But if you're a college basketball fan, don't worry. We have you covered with the Heels Half Eyes Podcast, hosted by Don J, a show that covers everything the University of North Carolina basketball related. And BBN, we ain't left you out of the fold with the I Rock UK Blue Podcast, hosted by Rich the Bull and Bravo, that keeps you up to date with everything going on with the University of Kentucky basketball team. But if you're into the NFL, fly Eagles fly as we have the Infinity Link podcast hosted by Don J and Drew that keep you up to date, give you in-depth analysis with everything going on with the Philadelphia Eagles football team. And of course, we can't leave out the Beyond the Game flagship show where we talk about sports in a way that you've never, ever heard it before in an entertaining, comedic way. And we have more shows on the way with the Betting Big with Jones show, a show that teaches you and shows you how to bet, when to bet, what to place your bets on and everything in between. So we got that coming down the pipeline. But enough about all of that. Let's get back to the show. Gio. Infinity Link. Philadelphia Eagles Everything Podcast, also known as a love story. Drew and Don right back with you with part three of post week five and six. And also previewing uh week seven versus the Dolphins who gotta come to the link. Um so it's gonna be uh probably the game of the week. Um it's gonna be a lot to prove. Um I know Sunday Smitty, night football. Yeah, I know Smitty is gonna be in uh Jalen, we got some, we got some pissed off players, man, which might might not be good for the Dolphins. Uh, you know, the only thing is our defense ain't real pissed off, which is who we want to be on the top of their game. Um, you know, I feel like a chain being out or a chain. I, I think he he doesn't run a chain anymore. It's a chain, I believe. Um, I think that's a, a bonus for the Eagles. Um, you know, Mozart is not as much of a deep threat um as as he is now of course he can certainly break free we know that we've seen it before um you know but i we got a lot to prove um kelly green week you know the 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 link will be kelly green out and, and rocking to the full effect um, the eagles will be wearing the throwback uniforms this weekend and you know this was a game that a lot of people have had penciled as a l for us all year so uh you know, I don't think a whole lot of people had the Jets win pencil as an L for us. So we lost a game we shouldn't have lost. Let's go win one that some people don't think we should win. Because I'm sure after that performance last week, there's going to be a lot of people picking the Dolphins weekend, which is just fine by me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, of course, we got the Tua Jalen Hurts headline. Um, Smitty's also been a part of that storyline. So, I, I know Smitty wants to show himself. So that's a guy I'm fully expecting to get active this next game. After the two drops, I actually kind of expect him to go for 120 to 150 to AJ stat line that we've been seeing earlier. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Sirianni, go ahead and uh, find a paper from that uh, NCAA championship where Jalen got benched into a through the game winner. To Smitty, I said this early in the year. Posted outside his locker. Didn't, yeah. didn't his locker. Play the highlights from the damn game 
all fucking practice week, uh, anything. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off, dog, but the Cowboys just tried to run the push push. You got stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm starting to feel better already. Now I'm just going to lose this damn game. But yeah, like you were saying, man, absolutely. When when he's coming in, uh, tell the equipment person, uh, male or female, sir or ma'am, uh, as soon as he come in, you know, just play some, just play some tool highlights from after he took over, especially especially that championship, uh, and then the next year when, of course, uh, Jalen transferred out, like make him remember that shit and who's gonna be who he's really gonna be competing against next week because it's not gonna be against the opposing defense. He's going up against Tua. That's what this is. Um, our receivers are going up against their receivers. They're not going against the quarterbacks. AJ Brown and Smitty, you're going up against Waddle and Tyreek. And the offensive line, you're going against Chubb. Their defense is going against our offensive line. There's a bunch of different matchups that I hope these position coaches and these different uh, groupings in their meeting rooms, I hope that they're highlighting, like, hey, this is really your opponent for this week. Don't worry about everything else. Do your fucking job, and let's come together as a unit. Don't worry about what's happening over here. Don't worry about what's happening over there. Focus on what you can do and how we can be better from last week. That's all we can do. We got a big matchup. Um, I mean, potentially a Super Bowl matchup when you think about how these two teams came into this year. Um, Jalen Carter should be back. Um, of course, I said Mostert's been giving up the ball a lot this year with the fumbles. Um, he's on my fantasy team, so for better or worse, um, I'm either going to be uh, happy that my team won or I'm going to be happy that Mostert goes off, which I fully don't expect. But that's, <laughs> that's one guy who can seriously make one cut and he's gone 40, 45 yards down the field. We got to be prepared for them sending Tyreek in motion and let him get in that running head start. We got to have something for that. Decide you better be ready for it. And we got to get Jalen Waddle is almost, I mean, now, granted, I saw Tyreek when, when he was in Kansas City absolutely burned Slade to a crisp mm. uh, Nick's first year. And I, I think Nick won't forget that. Uh, it really concerns me about the safety room um, going into that matchup. That's not a matchup you want to be down to one safety. Uh, so hopefully Reed can get back and, and hopefully Sid's all right. And hopefully we make an addition this week, um, you know, but, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's one of those games, man, that it's it's going to be a big t- tell for us this year on how the rest of the season's going to go. I hate to say it that early, um, but you got hit in the mouth last week. How are you going to respond? You got out tough by another team. How are we going to respond? Yeah, and we got to see. We got to find out. We got to go at them, which is why I say I love to see a bunch of heavy packages, kind of slow roll it, let uh, Swift get behind those big offensive linemen. I love to really see Penny, a more physical back. I know Kenny G can do some of the same things. He's uh, secure with the ball and everything. I just kind of want us to see us go heavy package and show that we're tough, get that offensive line rolling. Run those two-man routes if we need to. Uh, Goddard, you're going to have to chip a little bit this week for sure on those ends and still find a way to get open. But there's a lot of things we can do, um, but we definitely have to... Run the fucking ball, (laughs) number one. (laughs) Run the ball. Get them going. Get them off the blocks. Get Miami off their heels. It slows down the pass rush. I mean, you've noticed it, and that's what pissed me off about how little they ran the ball. 
is you could literally see when we ran the ball on any kind of RPO, their defensive ends froze. That's, to me, that's the, the easiest thing in the world for a running back. Now, of course, your interior blocks have to be good and you have to, you know, be keeping the defensive tackles out of there. But when you freeze the defensive end or the rush edge or whoever you want to call him, whether he's a linebacker or defensive end, it doesn't matter to me. He's an edge. And when you freeze them, that's what you want. That's literally how we game plan Micah Parsons out of the entire Cowboys game last year. We ran at him and then we made him stop for a second. It's one of his biggest things is the speed, how quick he can get to a pass rusher. Well, when you make him think, you're not as fast when you have to think nobody is. Yeah. Um, I'm all about sportsmanship, but this week, we got to make Tua fucking dizzy. We got to make him see ghosts. We got to make him see twos, threes, and fours of one opponent. And we're heating up. We should have Jalen back. Jalen Carter should be back. You know, they acted like it was no big deal with his stuff. And Milt Williams came back in the game. Even though he went down, he doesn't look like he's very injured. The line's heating up, and that that can make us some of our secondary issues go away, as you've seen. You know, now granted, it was Zach Wilson. I'm not going to get too hype off how our secondary played. It was Zach Wilson. But James Bradbury made a couple of great plays, you know, most notably the one denying Garrett Wilson the touchdown. That was a great play. Yes, sir. You know, so. And um, just said one of those things, how's it going to go? Yeah, and with the side, I would be very particular with uh, – these DBs this week. Do not play the ball. Play. Right. Do not play the ball. Play the receiver. Because nice. every single one of these guys on the outside, including Mostert, if they catch it, can be in the end zone in the blink of a fucking eye. So you Got don't want to jump these routes and miss because there's no catching them once they get really in front of you. There's not really an angle that can save you on the fucking football field unless you're coming from the sideline and get us a penalty. Which, if it comes down to it, fuck it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, we gotta be we gotta be very physical with those receivers. Speed guys don't like to get hit. We gotta make them feel that grass. It's gonna be a night game, so I'm wondering how much the weather is really gonna impact this game. Um, because one thing I know is um, they shouldn't be able to out tough us. Um, but they do have speed on their side. So again, if they get a crease, a sliver whatsoever, they can take it the distance. So um, we got to be very disciplined. If you're going for the ball, you better 1,000% have it. Right. Because that's your ass if they catch it and, yeah, there's one person behind them, whether it's Reed, whether it's Brown, whether it's whoever's back there, there's not much hope for them catching up. Um, So, yeah, um, we got battle of head coaches. We got two cocky head coaches this week. I forgot about that. We got... McDaniels versus Sirianni. These are two fucking characters, I tell you. All right. Uh, so we got a battle of personalities on the sideline. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful game, and the game should live up to everything that we hope it can be. Um, again, I expect Smitty to have a good game over 100 yards, maybe a touchdown. Um, and I expect Swift to also have a good game because uh, – two back-to-back games that really wasn't impressive i know he's not really getting the carries but i mean he did have what 10 carries for like 18 28 yards this last game so really wasn't getting anywhere i don't know if that's more of the line or the vision trying to take it all the way but we know swift has had some vision issues in the past and making wrong cuts hey it's a part of it sometimes you're gonna make a great cut sometimes you're gonna make a bad one but 
we need to get you in there and get you out. I love to see Swift's uh, split out when we're not in the heavy set. If we do decide to go heavy with Kenny G in the backfield, because there's still a lot we can do from that and make the defense kind of guess. Um, right. We mix in the 12 personnel, get those tight ends, get Goddard going across the middle, um, get AJ going right behind them. I mean, we got some guys that can catch some physical passes and all of our receivers can go up and get it. It seems like outside of fucking quest. Sorry, buddy, but you just don't quite fit that mode all the time. Deep, right. go up and out jump somebody and high point the ball. Yes, but through traffic, that's not a guy I kind of want to rely on to make the tough catch because right. we, he is going to catch it with his hands and we know AJ is going to catch it with his hands and uh, keep it away from the defender. So Hurts, ball placement is everything this week because even on that Swift touchdown pass this past week, he threw a fucking behind Swift, buddy. Swift just made an amazing catch. Right, exactly. So yeah, ball placement. We just, we just got to get on our shit. We got to get our timing back down. <laughs> Cause that's the thing that made Hertz look terrible in his rookie year. His timing was off. It didn't look like he had the arm power that everyone says. It's like, no, right. timing is just off. Everything's fucking late. So it looks really bad. <laughs> so he can get right. there. I was like, he just got to get it there on time. There, There's a difference. With and that. that's one of the things that perplexed me about that game is like your throws, they, they were late and they should be quick too quick. Like when you're missing, it should be too quick when you're worried about a rush, like when you're quote unquote seeing ghosts, like that's when the ball gets out a little too fast. Like you're throwing it just a little too quick. You need to wait a split second. But when you're late and you're worried about and you're worried about getting hit, I mean, it, it like, like I said, I'm not gonna harp on him anymore to flush it and, and move on. But yeah, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's what made him so successful last year. I mean, he's already surpassed his interception total for last year. He threw six all of last year. He's thrown seven. So, I mean, Jalen, I you know, granted, are all seven your fault? No. You know, uh, yes. Uh, some miscommunication, some great defensive plays, some fluke shit. All in, into those seven, that's fine. But at the end of the day, there's still seven. He threw six all of last year. What made us so good last year is we won the turnover battle in almost every single game. We haven't won the turnover battle in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Stop killing yourselves, guys. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And I feel like we can get a few from Tua, too, because, I mean, he's thrown five interceptions up to this point, so that's almost one per game. Um, Jalen Hurts is two interceptions ahead of him at seven. But, I mean, Tua's not too far behind with uh, throwing it to the other team as well. Um, again, Tyreek Hill, biggest thing we got to really worry about. I feel like we should have the edge, not only with the defensive line, but the offensive line going our way. Um, speed, they obviously got us. I don't think they have more talent than us at receiver by any means. Um, better quarterback right now, it's Tua. Um, but I'm never going to bet against Jalen Hurts. But Tua's right. amazing and also been mentioning MVP talk along with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is almost at 1,000 yards through six games. He has 814 yards through six games. This is some receiver's full 16-week total, like with 814 yards and six touchdowns, and he has this through week six. So I got to definitely – Quick it for you if you didn't know, Jalen's on, on course or on pace to set the passing game record for the Eagles this year for passing yards. Who got that, Wentz? Uh, yes, I believe so. I think that's who has it right now. It was like... Fuck out the record book. Right. It was like <laughs> 3,500 yards or something like that. I don't think it was a whole lot. Well, I mean, he almost got it like last year or something, but he's on pace to like shatter it this year. 
Yeah, man. I think he's on pace to throw for over 4,000 yards. That would be the first time in, in history for the Eagles, I believe. I don't think they've ever had a 4,000-yard passer. Okay, definitely some things to look forward to. I'll have to double-check all that so our, our listeners don't call us idiots. But That's nah, okay. We can be wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, man. Um, I mean, is there anything else you want to add here, man? Obviously, it's a pivotal game looking forward. Uh, because it's not about to get easier over the few next week. This is actually starting to begin. Well, this week was supposed to be the beginning of our gauntlet. Um, I made right. it early in the year anyway with the healthy A-Rod that the Jets could potentially go to the AFC Championship. That was my look up for them. So I never overlooked them. But with Zach Wilson, uh, of course, expectations are a lot tempered. But this right. is incredibly good, sound defensive team. So, Gauntlet, uh, we got Dolphins, and then we travel to the Commanders, then we got Cowboys, we got Chiefs, we got Bills, we got Niners, Cowboys again, Seahawks. Like, things don't get easier from here, so figure it out, or the schedule's going to figure you out. Uh, we don't right. like in the back door of the playoffs. We would like home field advantage. There should be no other team in the NFC that should win this outside of the 49ers. So it's between us and them who should have first place. And undoubtedly, we should win the division. That's just the expectations. I don't feel like there's a team better than us in our division. And like no slight to any other team. Giants are having some struggles. They got the offensive line issues. Barkley's hurt. Now you got Dimes hurt. The Cowboys... um, yeah, they just look like donkeys and clown suits for the most part. I, I really can't figure out what the fuck is wrong with the Cowboys. But this is an Eagle podcast. Not my problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, we got to figure it out. Um, Brian Johnson, continue calling amazing plays. Get more comfortable within yourself. Um, get in rhythm. That's that's what we need from the offense. We need, we need the play calling to get in rhythm so we can get our players in rhythm. And everybody play a role. Let's not force feed anybody. And let's just let the game come to us. Whoever has the best stats at the end of the game, great. But we, I wouldn't care if it varies from week to week, which none of our stars or none of our captains should care about. Right. So, so yeah, Sirianni, I don't care if you have to strip everybody from their fucking captain badge except for Kelsey this week. Make it be known that Hurts is David Ruffin and everyone else is the temptation. <laughs> the offensive line... Kelsey, you're David Ruffin. But for the rest of the team, it's Jalen Hurts. So, right. let that be known. Yeah. But at least for the rest of the offense. Yeah. Like, hey, AJ, I would love to throw you the ball 13 times a game. But if he's cooking, we got to continue to let him cook. I can't force you. I can't stare you down. Because we seen Hurts stare some people down last game. It was like, yeah. It's ever since, you know, Smitty had that big get off in the Vikings game. And I did pretty well against the commanders as well. But it's like ever you're right. Ever since AJ threw that fit on the sidelines, it's like he's he's stopped looking Devontae's way as much. And I mean, Devontae, uh, I can understand his frustration. A lot of the balls he was getting were bailout. You know, it's can you make a play to bail me out of a tough situation? You know, so. Absolutely. You got any bold predictions for this game? Do you think? You think it's going to be like Goddard that has a big game? We think it's going to be Swift. We just think Jalen is just going to play out of his mind. Take over. I haven't dived enough into the Dolphins' defense this year. I mean, I know they're pretty good up front. Um, Middle of the run linebackers. Their secondary was supposed to be a lot better than it has been. Um, But unfortunately, you know, I I don't know if Jalen Ramsey will even be in position to be back. Um, 
but he's been out. And then uh, Xavier Howard or Xavier Howard, I think he's been out recently too. So, um, I mean, it's a it's it's a good matchup. It's a primetime matchup. Um, don't want to go too far into predictions, but it, just off first guess, I'll say 31-24 Eagles. Okay. And we got some good tape. We can obviously, our staff can look towards that Buffalo Bills game where they beat the Dolphins 48-20. Of course, that game was on the road for the Dolphins, and they're on the road again. So maybe we can mimic some things because besides arm strength um, and maybe, okay, Josh Allen has a power on him. He's a lot bigger of a guy. But I don't know. Who would I bet on running through a wall first? Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen? That's actually a pretty good question. But there's not really anything Allen can do that Hurts can't do. Hurts just doesn't have the arm power that Josh Allen has. And if Josh Allen can go beat Miami and throw 21 for 25 with 320 yards with four touchdowns, Jalen Hurts, so can you. And we know the Bills have problems with their offense because I don't know if they even have a run game coordinator on their team because sometimes I wonder what they do at running back. Again, Eagles podcast, not our problem. But Diggs also has six catches, 120 yards, and three touchdowns. Smitty, that can be you. Uh, the Bills held Tyreek Hill for three catches and 58 yards. Gabe Davis had a big day, I want to say, that day, too. So, I mean, their top two receivers got off very well. And that's, I, I think, that's what I said. I think they're having secondary issues. But it's really, you know, had we had gotten a chance to do the show before the Jets game, I mean, I would have probably predicted big games from Smitty and A.J. both. So... Let's go out and and if they are, you know, going out there with a less than tier secondary, let's assert our dominance. Let's let's go out and show. I would love for us to win a ball game, forty-one to twenty this year. Um, doesn't feel like it's in the damn cards though. You know, we just we should have won that game, forty-one to twenty. Um, it is what it is though. Uh, like I said, I will. You know, obviously, biggest concerns are you can't get beat deep. You've got to kind of play everything in front of you. I almost would all borrow Flores' defense um, and in passing situations, rush four and drop eight, um, or rush three and drop eight. You know, and I'd be more worried about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle having big days. Um, I couldn't even tell you who the tight end is over there anymore. It's not Gasicki. Um, but you haven't heard much out of him this year, but don't sleep on him either. Cause this could be, I tell you what, I'll make a bold prediction. We come in here, not learning off of our loss last week. We'll get run off our home field and the boo birds will be flying. Absolutely. Well, we're going to wrap this up. This is infinity link. All birds podcast. Also known as a love story. Drew and dying back with another episode. Maybe we will, maybe we won't do another episode previewing again right before the game. We'll like some more information. But nonetheless, we'll be back at you eventually. Uh, we're still licking our wounds here. Um, ugly loss, but I don't think we should overreact to it. Right. But yeah, Infinity Link, All Eagles podcast. Drew and Dine out. <laughs>